So there I was in Orgamar, minding my own business, when I suddenly had a deep, profound thought. The Alliance sucks. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of For the Horde Radio. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope to see you again in another two weeks. What are you kidding? No, that's not the end of the show. We just started. But sadly, I don't have an Alliance story to tell you for my opening. Can you believe it? I have a story. It doesn't involve an Alliance, though, but it does involve what I think we should consider an undercover Alliance. Someone who is playing a Horde character, but clearly they are Alliance. There I was in Wailing Caverns with my adorable little alt. Just so cute. Finishing up quests that I had to do. Level 25. A 25, you're too big for Wailing Caverns, but they were gray. I had to get them done. It was principal. I finished my gray quests, and I'm leaving, and I see running up behind me a level 13 orc shaman. Level 13 is too small for Wailing Caverns. They were making a go at it. Saw them in trouble. And I helped. They were getting their butt kicked, so I helped them out. And then this level 13 proceeded to follow me as I'm leaving. And what they would do would be to aggro the mobs and then run at me like I'm supposed to take care of it for them. How very alliance of you to do that. I think we have an undercover alliance in our midst. And his name is Zoob. I guess Noob was taken. Don't do that. Don't run behind a player like that and expect they're going to die. By the way, I let him die. I'm sorry. I I don't mind lending a hand, but you deliberately aggro something and then run behind me like it's now my duty to take care of this? I don't think so. No, don't do that. That's wrong. You, we have flagged. We have flagged you. You are an undercover alliance. I I am pretty convinced of this. We're going to be keeping our eye on you. And you are listening to... And welcome to For the Horde Radio. This is episode three. We have made three episodes. Can you believe it? I'm I'm just as surprised as you are. And I really don't like having to bring up a Horde player in my opening story here for doing something Alliance-like. I don't like doing... I'd rather pick on Alliance. It's far more fun. But you forced me to. I couldn't, you've had that, I'm sure. You've also seen Undercover Alliance lurking about, doing such things as that, that are wrong. Don't do that. Anyway, do you know what I want to talk about on today's show? I want to talk about the reason why, or at least let us explore the reason why Blizzard is so biased to the Horde. 
And before some of you listening out there say, "Oh no, it's your imagination, your your fabrication, you're you're just see, you know, you're just looking at it that way." It's not really true. You're just viewing it like that because you're a hoard. That's not the way it is. Oh no, it is. And I have explored one issue. This is just one issue that I have taken to explore and seek the truth on. Because we all know, you play Horde, you know Blizzard is biased. They're biased with the racials, they're biased with the quests, they're biased with the quest items. But I have actual proof on this. I investigated one. I heard in general chat in Orgamar one particular evening between a bunch of players discussing the level 50 pally quest chain that you do when you hit 50 and you're a paladin, blood elf paladin. And it was kind of getting kicked around that the overall feeling was that it was very unfair to Blood Elf Paladins this quest. So I took it upon myself to investigate why. I went and I looked it up on Almighty Thought for both sides. So let's, let us take a look at this. Let us start with the Alliance side on this. When the Alliance hit 50, a Helena Alliance Paladin, when they hit 50, actually the quest is pretty even for both sides up until the final stage. They both have to do the same thing up until the last part. The first question that leaped to mind when I saw this was, why? Why is it suddenly different for either side? Because the shamans are exactly the same. Shamans on the Horde and the new Draenei shamans on the Alliance, those shamans do the exact same thing that the Horde shamans do, and they get the exact same reward. No, the Paladins are slightly different. It varies at the last stage. And the last stage involves both sides to go into the Sunken Temple. That's the first thing. So right there, we're pretty even so far. That's where it stops being even. Let us look at the Alliance, what they must do. They have to go into the Sunken Temple and defeat about six of those little mini-bosses. They range in level from 51 to 52 elite. And they're all in that upper circle. If you go up in the upper circle around, you go into those little side rooms, they're there. You gotta kill them. And that's it. Other than, obviously, trash mobs, that's who they have to defeat. The Blood Elf Paladins have to go to the Sunken Temple. And they also have to go upstairs around the circle and kill all these guys. Not because they need them, by the way. Those aren't the quest target. But because they're in the way. Apparently, the Blood Elf Paladins have to activate some snake statues going on. And these statues are being guarded by these bosses. So they got to kill all the six bo mini-bosses, whatever kind of you want to call them. They have to kill all of them and then activate these statues in the correct order. Which, by the way, no one mentions in this quest. Remember a couple episodes ago? If you want to know what to do next, check your quest log. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. No one talks about statues. I found out about the statues because someone else had talked about them on side and mentioned, oh yeah, by the way, these have to be done in the correct order or else the second part of this that you have to do won't happen. They have to kill all the six bosses just like the Alliance and then they got to go down to the basement and kill another boss. They got to kill a basement boss. Somebody down by the altar of such an Hakar or whatever the heck it's called and kill this guy after they activate the snake statues in the correct order. So we get an, Blood Elves get an extra boss that they got to deal with on top of that. Okay, fine. You want to throw an extra boss at us? We can handle it. Fair? I don't think so, but okay. Fine, we can handle it. Rewards. 
Now it really gets insulting. Now it's just outright screw you horde is basically what it is at this point. Let's start on this on this part. Let's start with the blood elves. The blood elves get what they call a scourge bane. The decent thing about this is that it's 15 stamina. That's okay. It's special use imbue weapon increasing attack power against undead by 150 for five minutes 30 minute cooldown attack power against undead by 150 for five minutes we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second but first let us look at what the alliance have on their side shall we after they down these six bosses no big boss, just the six little kind of mini bosses there. What do they get? They get the Holy Might Stone, granting 300 attack power and increasing holy damage from spells and effects by up to 400 when fighting undead. Lasts 10 minutes. Now, to be fair, it appears as though this Holy Might Stone is good one time. From what I could tell, it looks like it was a, like one time. It didn't actually say one time only, but it had that look to it from reading this. It looks like it's a one time only deal. Okay, still, that's pretty good. I could think of a couple of uh, situations where you could use that. That's something you save for a really big instance that you're doing. You hang on to that sucker and you save it. 300 attack power? Hello. By the way, in addition, don't say, oh, well, that's all they... No, no, no. That They get that just for doing the quest. And in addition to that, they get a choice of three items. They get a choice of the Lightforged Blade, the Sanctified Orb, or the Chivalrous Signet, which is a ring. So they get a choice between a weapon, an offhand, or a ring. In addition to their Might Stone of 300 attack power and Horde get 15 stamina let's just say 15 stamina because heaven knows as a paladin you have absolutely nothing against the undead to fight them that's what our reward is does this seem fair in my opinion no it ain't fair this is so blatantly one-sided it's not even funny it's i understand why they were going on about it at length in open chat but i did see there are comments on the site about this also which i'm going to read a couple to you right now because i'm not the only one who feels this way obviously you can check these out on thought under quests if you doubt that these are legit they're legit responses one comment says i'm a little confused as to why the alliance paladin have a choice of three rewards two of which in my opinion are very nice while we only have one in fact all classes seem to have three choices for their 50 quest and if I'm understanding correctly, the 50 chamois quest is the same for both Horde and Alliance. Thus, the new alley class gets three choices. Call me paranoid, but Blizz hates Horde. You're correct, they do. Here's another one. The Horde are getting screwed here. Check out the level 20 spear they get compared to the Alliance. That should show you the difference for the exact same quest. By the way, just off of this, I haven't checked that one out. I just saw this. I haven't checked that one out yet. We'll, we'll investigate that one next. For the exact same quest, except the reward. I didn't even wear it, and no, my paladin is an alt. I play Alliance. 
You have nothing to be bitching about here. That trinket does absolutely no good. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot how terribly bad paladins are at killing undead mobs. They have absolutely no devices to kill them, and they need all the attack power they can get fighting them. Honestly, the Alliance rewards are much better. This trinket would not last you an inch into BC. And seeing how we have to do the basement of ST, which almost nobody wants to do ever, makes it that much more difficult. I'm not sure if the Alliance have to do this as well. They don't, but other classes only need to do dragons slash trolls in the circle. This happened to be the one I investigated because I wanted to see for myself, was there bias going on? And obviously the answer is yes, there was. Why is that? Why is this very one-sided? I don't understand. Can someone tell me why? And and please, I'm looking for a legit answer. I'm not looking for a, well, because Blizzard hates you. Well, and they, hate, they can't hate us, obviously. It just doesn't make sense that they hate us. Half the horde of their bread and butter. Come on. They created the horde, damn it. It's their creation. Blizzard created the horde. Why would you hate us so? Before you start with, <laughs> before you start with, well, the horde are the bad guys. Check your lore before you start that. Now let's begin. Initially, we 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 back on Warcraft one. It was humans versus orcs. Yes, and you played humans. That was <laughs> you had no choice. Of course, the orcs were the bad guys. Warcraft 2, I think it was the same thing. Orcs versus humans that time. Warcraft 3 started introducing you to horde races and showed them in a different light. You played them, you played the orcs, you played the Tauren, you played the Forsaken. Well, they weren't actually the Forsaken yet. You played all sides all around. You played humans, you played the night elves, you played the undead, you played the horde, the orcs. You played them all, and so you got to see different perspectives. And you know what? They're not evil. Horde or not bad. Where the, I know where the misconception came in because that's how it initially started. So naturally, idiots on the Alliance side are going to go, Oh, well, you're the bad guys. If we're the bad guys, we better have an instance then, okay? I want my own instance, and I want to be level 80 elite if I'm a bad guy. I don't want to be stuck with yodel pants and a stick, and you tell me I'm a bad guy. No, I want my own instance then, okay? The bad guys are the NPCs if you're looking at this game-wise. I'm not talking PvP. I'm talking in-game stuff. Those are the bad guys. All the stuff running around, the bosses you kill, those are your enemies. And they and then Blizzard sets you up with the AQ, with Molten Core. I mean, those are just, you know, what is it, Legacy? They're called Legacy now? I haven't done any of the newer Outland instances because, well, we're catching up. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I really do want to do them, but anyway. Blizzard, I have noticed, does occasionally. They did this for their first expansion, which they'll never do it again. If you were there for it, it was an experience to be there when they opened the gates of AQ. I'm not going to attempt to say what the damn name is because I get tongue-tied every time I try. When that opened, the preview before it was very cool. And the premise was both sides working together to defeat a common enemy. Personally, I like that. I think that's a very cool setup. It was very neat. First, you had to do all the stupid stuff. For those who remember, we had to gather all the leather and all the herbs and all the fish and all these 
stupid thing, and they gave you, you know, this stupid pair of bracers for your trouble. That was just kind of dumb. But once you got all the resources, the gates would open. That was the deal. I think you first had to kill in an, alongside with an NPC. I always like fighting alongside NPCs like that because I just think it, it sucks you right into the game. It's, ooh, I'm part of the story. I'm part of it. I'm, I'm here. I'm, ooh, I'm just cool. And the gates would open. The day the gates opened, I was on my server the day the gates opened. They opened at, I think it was 10 a.m. Eastern time in the morning on a Saturday. By 7 a.m. that morning, I actually took pictures of this. I may put it up on the website so you can see it. They started coming. I got in pretty early just having dabbled with other games and their big openings of this nature. I kind of know what to expect. And I was very correct with this. People who came at the last minute, no. The lag was incredible. The amount of people that showed up because it was for both Horde and Alliance showed up at the gates waiting. Now, what killed me were, of course, some idiot alliances. Now, you're in lag hell. 9.30 in the morning on a Saturday with, God knows, like 500 people in one area waiting. You can imagine the amount of lag that was going on. And you got some stupid alliances going PvP, dueling. What are you, an idiot? Yes, of course. I'm sorry. I forgot their alliance. And the gate's open. But anyway, I got sidetracked on that. What made me bring that up? Oh, yes, bad guys. And how people saying the alliance, uh, the alliance are good and the horde are bad. Well, that's real simplified. And no, they're not. Because like I said, if I'm a bad guy, I want better armor. I want a better setup here because, no, you're not bad. You're just on a side. That's like saying, because when you get, by, this is a spoiler, you don't want to know this. When you hit 60 and go to the Outlands, turn your volume down. And I can't tell you for how long because I don't know how long I'm going to go on about this. So I'm just warning you, it's a spoiler. It's not a huge spoiler. It's not like I'm revealing, you know, the secret to the game. I don't think there is one. But it's a, it's a little... So you, some people don't want to know anything that's coming up. But, well, I'm going to talk about it. When you get to Shatrath City, you got to choose a side. You, actually, that's over some... You don't have to do anything. <laughs> Allow me to rephrase. You don't have to do anything. But if you want to choose between the Aldors and the Scryers... These are two factions within Shatrath. There's a huge blizzard history, again, a huge background to them. You get the tour of the city, and you get told what the history is, and you get to choose, if you feel up to it, an alliance that you choose. Whoever you choose, the other side will hate you. I'm not kidding. No, they will hate you. You'll be at war with them from the get-go, whoever, whichever side. Now, the thing about this is, as either side, alliance or horde, you can pick either one. Scryers tend to be more horde-like. Aldors tend to be more alliance-like. On the Aldors, there's a bunch of Draenei. On the Scryers, there's a bunch of Blood Elves. That's what we got. But you can choose either or. doesn't matter. has no effect on anything else other than what you do specifically for them as far as reputation, quests, etc. Most people, when this came out, and everyone going to Shatrath and discovered, Ooh, look at this. New, new faction. Like, we need more. I don't know, I look at my list of reps and it just keeps going. Like, I didn't know I knew this many people. Good lord. Anyway, before you choose a side, you're neutral with both sides. You can check them out. People would go to the quartermasters on each side and check out what they sold at what, you know, rep level. When you're friendly, you get this. When you're honored, you get this. They checked out, and based on that was what they decided which side to team up with and gain rep with. And I'll tell you, most people in the former guild I was in long ago, well, not that long ago, but a while ago, chose the Elders. 
for gear. And technically, it's all Draenei. It's all Draenei walking around. And you'll see, and what's kind of funny is, a lot of Horde chose, chose that side for the gear, based on your class and what you think is going to work great. Hey, that gear works for me. <laughs> it's all about gear. I don't, I don't understand the whole simplification of saying, Alliance is good and Horde is bad. No. So that answer doesn't sit with me at all. So I don't understand why Blizzard seems to deliberately be very one-sided on this. The other question I'm, I'm really curious about, because paladins just in general, any paladin in any game, the hook with a paladin is they can wipe undead. That's just their thing. That's what they do. You're a paladin, you're holy, you destroy undead. The Forsaken are on our side. Half the spells you have as a paladin are for fighting undead. Here's a question, and perhaps Forsaken players can answer this for me. If you've played in PvP, can an Alliance Paladin use those spells against you? I don't know if it's that. If that's true, I don't know. I have never, and nor will I, ever play an Alliance Paladin. But I'm curious. Can they use that, that whole mess of spells that they have for undead only on the Forsaken. If they can, how unfair is that? We should then have Gnome Bane that Horde Paladins walk around with. The giant boot of gnome punting. That's what we should have. It's a spell. It is just like the the rogue spell. It's for kick, same thing. And what you do is you now are geared. Horde paladins can then be geared to killing gnomes, specifically. I'm curious. So if you could let me know. If you know this, can they use those spells against Forsaken? Because if they can, how unfair is that? Now that's deliberate. That's just fair. No, not fair. Blizzard, get it together. Stop one-siding this. Alliance are all fat and ugly. Stop one-siding this with them, please. We Horde need love, too, and attention, and, and spells, and weapons, and things. I'm waiting for the day they just turn around and... When they nerf a class, I always expected to see, but only for the Horde. Every time they nerf a class... I, I really expect in the in the notes when you're downloading, you can read all the notes of what this does, and you read how many classes they nerfed this time. Anyway, I've gone on long about this, so I'm gonna. You just think about you look for instances yourself, though. I want you to look for it yourself, and you tell me where you see the bias, because that's one spot specifically that I investigated where I saw bias. Clearly, it's it's there. It's it's fact. It's that's what it is. You tell me what you think is biased, and let us protest. We're not gonna write angry letters on this one. We're gonna do something else. I don't know what yet, but we'll figure it out because we're horde and we rule. Damn it! And now we're gonna take our first break. So sit back and enjoy.
Might Could with Laps, a nice little relaxing song for you. We wanted you all nice and mellow and relaxed because now it's time for... Coming to you from high atop the flight point over that livestock pavilion known as Thunder Bluff, it's The View from the Barn with your host, Big D. Big D. Big D. Think about the quests. Which quest chain do you think is the worst? Anoxia. Okay. In my pathetic amount of experience, though, let's go for the samouflage. Oh. The quest yes. that would not die. It's got like 15 parts. Here, go get this bag of bolts. Okay, bring them back to me. Ah, what the hell do these do? I don't know. Well, why don't you run across the barrens? Easily one of the largest territory. <laughs> one of the largest territories out there. Why don't you run all the way to the top of it there and drop this off with another goblin? Okay. Goblin looks at it and says, I don't know what this is. Why don't you go back over there and see if you can find out for me? Why? You're supposed to be the expert. Why are you having some dumbass Tauren doing your running around for you? No, you go find your thing. <laughs> you know what the worst part about that quest is? You, you have to take apart some heavily guarded piece of it, turn off valves and oh, yeah. connect it, and you bring it back to him and he breaks it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's the guy at Ratchet that breaks it. After you've already gone to the thing and there's wheels and gears and levers and it's belching smoke and you've already run to the goblin on the edge of Ashenvale there. You go get the stuff and you've gone through all the mobs because, you know, it's just—it's not just the goblins you got to worry about there. They're raptors, they're hyenas, the ubiquitous, you know, alliance raiding parties. And the ostriches, the pissed off ostriches that are hanging out there. Well, and I'll tell you why they're ticked off is they've got all these tar and skinners and leather workers coming after them. I mean, I would be pissed off too. They're hiding behind the hill there going, wait a minute. Oh, dear God, not one more Skinner. Okay, that's it. I've had it. I'm taking him out. And then they make that horrible screech, which just sounds like fingers on a chalkboard. 
They have the most pathetic sound when they die. <laughs> yeah, don't they? I don't want to skin you now, but I'm going to. Because you might have some medium leather for me. Because God knows we'll sell our grandmother for medium leather. Yeah, and then they turn around and stick you with a hide. Oh, yeah. yeah here Nobody comes. wants hide. Nobody wants to hide. Couldn't you just drop some light hide for me? Some, some cured light hide? No, 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 no. You gotta go dump the salt on that. Gets worse as you get higher. Well, then you gotta get deep rock salt. Are you gonna make ice cream with it? I mean, you gotta get deep rock salt from the wobbly guys that are running around. Big rock wobbly guys. Oh, yeah, those guys. And then when you get even higher, it has to be refined deep rock salt, which you can only make one every three days. God. One every three days, you can make a refined deep rock salt. Was this like transmute salt? You need a salt shaker, which can only be made by engineers, and they know you want it, so they sell it for a huge amount of money. Do you have to equip it in a bag slot? I mean, that would just add insult to injury. You have to have it on you in order to use it. You can put it back in the bank when you're done, but you have to have it on you. I'm sorry, I got off topic. There. No, that's okay. <laughs> there are those two quest chains right there at Grumgall. That the monk Thardin and that that dude Nimboya, that troll. So you that troll it yeah. doesn't really help much. Um, you know the troll with the hair. You know the one that gives the really long quest chains. Oh, that narrows it down. Yeah, Nimboya's was um, particularly rude because had to go to the other part of Azeroth. You had to actually hop the zip and go. No, actually, strike that, strike that. Had to go to the hinterlands to get some of these bones to really cash in on the uh, bloody bone necklaces, and that's where you had to plant the pike. You've got to hike up to the hinterlands to plant this staff with all the bloody bones on it. I mean, I was a fair. I was. I'm in my forties. Got to run through many places that are inhospitable to characters in their mid-40s. Yeah, where's the flight path? Way over, the, over on the other end of the coast. So that's not going to be terribly helpful. So unless you really consult Almighty Thought, Wow Wiki, or you know, anything else, you're just kind of running blind through um, places with griffins and owl beasts, all sorts of nastiness chasing after you. Or trolls, yeah. God, if I have to kill one more troll, I'm just going to scream. Come on, just, just one dwarf. Give me a dwarf, or better yet, I good didn't know. <laughs> yes. And it doesn't help that Stranglethorn is just lousy with alliance. Everywhere I go, I don't want to harp on it, but everywhere I go in Stranglethorn, it's like the place just stinks with night elves. There's just night elves hopping around with their glowing eyes and their dance. Dance. What is with you in the dance, I gotta ask? Well, Blizzard, in its wisdom, has called out some of the cool pop culture kind of dances for these characters. The humans, and let me just throw this out here in case I haven't mentioned it. The Alliance does suck. The humans have the Saturday Night Fever dance. For for people of my vintage, that's kind of cool. The Night Elf dance, if I'm not mistaken is the Michael Jackson dance from the video Bad. I'm thinking that's it. I could be mistaken, but if it comes to pop culture, I'm usually fairly decent. And that bothers you. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it for just a second. You've got this guy who sings, I'm bad, I'm bad. 
and he's clearly not. And then we tack that dance on to a night elf. Why not give the gnomes that dance and give the night elves the pervy moves? It would be equally disturbing. I'm, I'm visualizing that, and yeah, that would be disturbing. Although somehow it is more disturbing that the gnomes have the pervy dance. That is bad. Have you ever noticed the way gnomes stand? It looks like they're stirring a cup of coffee with a stick up their ass. You know what? You're absolutely right. They do. I'd not noticed that. But now you will. But now I will. Anytime I see a, anytime I see a gnome, that's what I'm going to be thinking now. Gnome butt stirred coffee. Restores 1,550 mana. Gives you a stamina buff and makes, makes you feel well fed. I don't know about the well fed part. It may make you very ill. <laughs> well, if you're hordes, you would get a debuff from that. Kind of like the deviant fish. What's going to happen when you eat this? We don't know. Maybe something bad. Maybe something good. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's just bad. What happens when an alliance has a cooked deviant fish? Because it seems, well, it should be unfair. They're alliance. Do they, like, become an undead? Boy, that would be a surprise, wouldn't it? You're sitting there munching on your, devi- your, your cooked deviant fish, and the next thing you know, you have no flesh. And the flesh <laughs> that you have is, well, not the kind of flesh you want. And you look over your shoulder, and there's a heckle thing. And he's looking at you saying, hey, you just had the cooked deviant fish, didn't you? Man, I've been waiting on this for days. It's like a bee horror flick you're setting up here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, George Romero wouldn't touch that one, I don't think. While we're off topic, how about the herbalism pouches? Those things are like the TARDIS. Yeah, it's this is wee green pouch there, but it's got a forty-seven. It's a forty-seven slot bag. You've sacrificed a bag slot for this, and you've got all your herbs. You're thinking, okay, great. Let me go put this in the bank. You got no room in the bank for your herbs. It won't let you put it in. Well, no, you can't. You've got to take all your herbs out. I think. You know, I may be ta- I may be talking out of the side with the broken horn, but I think that's the case. And if it's not, I'm going to sound really stupid. I never. I never got one, though, because they always sell them for, like, 50 gold or some ridiculous amount of money. Actually, I think I got mine from an herbalism supplier. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't like you were carrying a wheelbarrow behind you or anything, but it's a good-sized little bag. I, I don't know. I just I had some extra cash, and the Red Light District was closed in Thunder Bluff, so head to the herbalism supplier. The whole point of that, I thought, was so it's a bag and a bag. I don't think that's how it works. Of course, I could have just been... Uh, I could be mistaken because you can't. I've not been able to put other bags with stuff in it. You're going to feel bad if that's the case. Yeah, I'm going to feel like a moron. Everyone has, I was that noob. Yeah, but I should be kind of beyond that, though. Not necessarily. There are those moves. You know, I was that noob who. Everyone (laughs) has that moment. I was that noob who didn't know the auction house existed until I was, like, 34. (laughs) Don't feel bad about the bag. The whole auction house thing, I just never really got it. It was sort of a, it was something, it was there, and I just had no clue. The thing that's, uh, this is kind of, this shows you just really what a uh, pathetic world of Warcraft life I live. Because I can sell stuff at the auction house. eBay's a total mystery to me. It's the same thing. Uh, yeah. Don't think I haven't had people in my life point that out to me. (laughs) You've got all this crap sitting around that you can't eBay? I said, yeah, but you know what? That two-handed flamberge of the ferret (laughs) got three gold above it. Yes, done. What is the craziest thing you've seen go with the auction house? People selling, I think, plain letters. Wow, that just doesn't make any sense to me, but hey, rock on for them. The one thing that's kind of sat around, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but if I went to the auction house right now, I could probably find it. There's somebody, and it's probably different people, but I think it's almost a Chuck Norris item. It's this set of boots, plate, actually. 
It's level 40, you know, to wear it, but it's purple. So they're wanting, whoever sells this is charging some just unholy amount of gold, like 250 gold for this. And I see it all the time. I'm beginning to think it's just a joke. Somebody who just doesn't mind blowing the deposit. But you know, the sad part is, I bet you someone's buying it, and it's probably someone who bought gold. Oh, yes, not so much the, the gold, gold buyers. The gold buyers. Yeah, those guys are just, ah, sorry, no respect at all for that. If I'm going to go out and grind my little horns off just down to nubbins to make gold, they should have to. Cheaters never prosper. We'll write strongly worded letters. With exclamation points. <laughs> and ampersands. I don't know. I've found that the auction house during the week is just dead. I mean, it's like walking through the mall, you know, at 5 till 9. You can hear the wind and the floor buffer. Come the weekend, man, you could sell belly lint at the auction house for a, pro- for a profit. Because what if it's special belly lint? Probably some tailoring skill that can you know, weave a rope out of it or something. So long as you can make a bag out of it, I don't care. <laughs> Seriously. If it'll make a bigger bag, hey, that's fine. Shave a tarin and weave it into whatever you need to. I mean, it's that's good. Tarin hair bag. Who's going to shave the tarin? Probably the same guy that's going to try to milk the tarin. Hmm, bad news. So tell you what, I'll trade you one. Trade you a stack of five gnome stirred coffees for one tarin hair bag. Anything for a bag. You will... <laughs> we got off from the quest. Yeah. <laughs> went way off of the quest here. We meandered into the auction house and hung out there for a while. Yeah, you know, there are just not elves all over the place. Luckily, they're not bogarting my quest this time. They're just standing around, you know, looking suspect. Expect them to stand there and just kind of be looking around with their hands folded, whistling. Oh, hi. Yeah, we're just here. Yeah, we're just standing around. You'll notice we're not flagged, right? Huh? Huh? Yeah, you turn your back, the next thing you know, bam. They're all hanging out, waiting for the uh, pirate to announce that the treasure may now be taken. What's that about? Because it, I see it come up, and I think, okay, big deal. I'm killing trolls. I'm not going to break away from that. They might all be gone. Somebody else might kill them all. Some bloody not elf. I don't really know. I know it has something to do with the arena. There's pretty much a treasure chest that just shows up when he does that. Whoever gets to it first gets whatever's inside. And I think it pretty much becomes like a free-for-all. It may be one of the few times you can attack your own kind. I've never done it myself because usually there are a pack of night elves in there waiting. It's sapping everybody. We're horde and we catch no breaks. We get no slag. But the thing is, we're just we're badass with less. We don't need the tricks. We're just big and scary and crafty. Oh, look. The Drania. We have a jewel crafting buff. Our undead can breathe underwater and they don't get feared. Top that. Draenei has something else I heard. I've never played a Draenei, nor will I, but I may check this out. I heard their racials compared to the Blood Elves because they both came in at the same time. And Blood Elves can do the mana drain Mm -hmm. and a two-second or three-second silence. Right. But Draenei has something else that... Gift of the Nehru or something like that? It's... I don't know what it does, but I've heard a lot of complaints when this was all coming out. But I I can't really say for sure because I haven't actually seen it or even know what the hell it is. Yeah, back in my back in the dark days when I was futzing around with the alliance stuff, I I had a uh, a drain out paladin and. It was dreadful. God. I think I got maybe to level 9 before I realized that this was just horrible. It was shortly thereafter that you know, I reached my limit with the beat-down hogger stuff and deleted my priest. So, anyway. I heard there are moths. <laughs> that should kind of tell you. What, what does the horde have in their starting areas? 
we've got, oh, let's see, if you're undead, we've got skeletons and big-ass bats that are the size of a Volkswagen, big spiders, and then there's more undead stuff that'll come after you, even though you're undead, too. What you got out in Mulgore? Just any kind of beast that will try to eat you. Coyotes and goblins, and you got the cougars. Let's see, there are a few, and they're harpies. Yes, let's not forget the harpies. Let's see, and, okay, what do the trolls and the orcs have? Big damn scorpions, and those little things that turn backflips. An imp. They're all, they look like imps. But they're bigger. That they're not on fire. They skip when they come towards you. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. It's like they're, they're happy skip. to see you. We have they a gift for you. And it's a fiery ball. Must expect flowers over their shoulder as they're coming towards you. Yeah, really. Huzzah, see, we come to greet you with a fiery spell. What are the drain fight? Mods. Mods. How Nancy is that? Excuse me, could you go kill a bunch of those bugs for me? And on the Horde side, we're flailing hell for our lives against beasts. And hey, got a can of Raid, go take care of those mods. Yeah, I know they're big, but you know, there's not really nothing to them. They have man-eating flowers. What do the drain I have? Mods and flowers. After, you know, their users log off. You know, they're all sitting there in the tavern. So, what'd you find? Yeah, scorpions. Little imps that look like they have presents. What about you? Oh, God. Rattle cage skeletons. Oh, man. Play stunk with them. Yeah, what about you? Flowers and mods. I don't remember if you know, Azure Mist had that same kind of low-level planet sound that you always heard on uh, the granddaddy of all sci-fi shows. When they come to the planet and the, sound, and the planet makes this sound. You walk around where the blood elves are and there's that sound. Can't remember if they have that on Azure Mist or not, but I'll tell you this, I'm not going back to find out. Too many mods. Yeah, the other thing about the drain out. What are those things hanging off their face? They say it when you're specking it out it says facial hair. I'm like, no, they're not hair to me. They're calling that facial hair? Big damn tentacles. I don't get that. Now, see, I didn't start playing for very long before the expansion. I mean, I was still kind of getting my feet wet. I logged on for a second because I was, I'm going to see about the Drena and their facial hair. Okay, well, they have horns. You know that. Okay, yeah, they do have hair and beards, but those big floppy octopi thing there with the styles, whatever hair you're putting on there. Okay, you know, I'm actually getting a little sick doing this, so, yeah, let's get out of there. (laughs) And that was View from the Barn with Big V, and we thank Big V again for doing that for us. Have you ever had an idea for World of Warcraft that you think would just be fabulous to see in-game, but you know Blizzard will never put it in? You ever have those? I do. I'm sure there are a couple of people, too, who have seen something that needs improving or came up with a thought that they thought could improve gameplay, but you know Blizzard won't put it in. You hope they do. You secretly hope they do. They won't. I have a couple of those ideas. For instance, on this would be, for the new expansion, I'd love to see more mid-level content. They tackled the level 60-plus content in the last expansion, and they added, at least for two starting areas, a couple of early-on content, but from 20 to 60, it's the same old boring stuff. No matter what class you play on what side, it's boring. Especially if you've done it a thousand times, like (coughs) most of us have. Start new characters in the attempt that it'll be fun, but it's still the same quests. Same areas. It's boring. So I'd like to see some mid-level content added. 
But I have another idea, which is a little more involved. See, that at least, that has a possibility of happening. That's not completely out of the realm of impossible. They could very well be working on that for all I know. Maybe they are. If you're an insider and happen to know, let us know. And then we'll keep, we can let everyone know, and then we'll all be in on the know, you know. But I do have another idea, which I can tell you will never make it in-game. I will say it right here, but I would love to see it. It'll never make it in-game, but I think it should be. I think this idea should be in-game. And what it is, is PTP. No, not PVP. PTP. Player throw player. Player throwing. And I have it all worked out for how it would work. It isn't just you run around, pick up somebody, and throw them. Oh, no, I have this all worked out logically. Here's how it would work. Any player can pick up a lower level player and throw them at a member of the opposing faction in a PvP situation. This does not apply in Battlegrounds. It couldn't apply in Battlegrounds because you have the Battleground caps going on. 2029, 30, 39, couldn't do it in there. So this would apply only in world PvP. You could pick up another player that's under you and throw them. Now here are a couple, you gotta have rules. Any setup like this, there are rules that apply and I do have rules. For the purposes of this discussion, let us say, oh, I don't know, that maybe the crossroads were under attack. I know, far-fetched, but let's just use that as an example here. Crossroads are under attack. Let us also say there is a level 70 there who turns to a level 10 and asks. Now, you have to ask the player, can I throw you? couldn't just pick up somebody and throw them. It's not nice. You just can't throw people. You gotta ask. Gotta be nice. So there could be like a pop-up window for when you ask someone to group. Although not everyone knows to ask first. Be nice if you got a whisper beforehand saying, hey, can I throw you? Cough. Oh, hey, you want a group? Instead of having that big invite in your face. That's a topic for another day. That'll be a gripe for another day. But as a for instance, you would have to ask them like you would join group. Player be thrown? Yes or no? In our example, the person will say yes. This level 10 then gets assigned to the level 70. Person doing the throwing, the thrower, can have up to five people, like a group, that are assigned to them for their throwing purposes only. And the only way to get out of it is the person, you know, just like a group, you can leave or they can get kicked out or whatever. That level 70 picks up the level 10, aims at that Alliance Paladin over there, that's over there beating up on those level 40 guards, and throws them. And the level 10 makes contact, knocks that Paladin on his ass. In fact, the 70 threw him so dang hard, that Paladin's dead. Probably so's the level 10, come to think of it. <laughs> it. Would make sense. Yeah, the level 10's probably dead too, but here's why this is cool. Besides the fact that picking up players and throwing them is cool. As in a PvP, when multiple players gang up and attack one target, when that target is dead, honor is distributed amongst all players who had a hand in it. I, I wonder how that is calculated, because I'm thinking, you know, especially in Battlegrounds, there's a lot of players sometimes all involved in one kill. How does it determine? I'm sure, I know it's all mathematical and, and everything, and it, it calculates, you know, well, the amount of you damage you did equals this many honor points, and that's how many is applied to you. Well, same deal. The level 70 would get honor points, and the level 10 would get honor points for killing another level 70. Now, how cool would that be? A lower level getting honor points that early on for participating and having an effect 
also think about it, wouldn't it be cool just to see it happen? Just to see a bunch of alliance. You'd actually start looking forward to attacks on the crossroads then, wouldn't you? Yes, you would. I would. You, you wouldn't groan and go, oh no, not again. Oh no, you'd be running there grabbing any lower levels you can. And the lower levels who are doing their quests at the crossroads... Again, this is just a town I chose. This, I don't think, would ever have any real bearing in the game. Because, I mean, the crossroads being attacked? <laughs> How ridiculous is that? But this would give them a chance to go, oh, hey, throw me. Throw me. Pick me up and throw me. I want I want a piece of this action. So they can participate in this, on this level. I think that would be cool all around. See, there's also a couple other rules that would have to apply to this. For one, the further distance between levels, the farther that player is going to be thrown, but the less damage they're going to do. It's kind of a trade-off now, because you figure, you know, level 10, okay, you're going to go really far, but you have no armor on you. But if a level 70 picked up, let's say, level 50 and threw them, they're not going to go as far, but boy, they're loaded. They got, you know, they got full gear by that point, so they're going to do a lot more damage than a lower level. So you'd have that. A level 70, by the way, can pick up anybody. Obviously, you can only pick up people who are lower level than you. Wouldn't make sense, really, you know, a level 10 picking up a 20. It just, no, that, that wouldn't work. But if you're higher, you can pick them up. Just, again, you're going to have that problem. The closer you are, you know, if you're one level distance away, you're going to probably have a hard time making them go anywhere. Even if it's just a level 11 trying a level 10. It's just not going to happen. So that would be one role that would have to apply to this. There, I was also considering maybe once a player agrees to be thrown... They can be thrown by anybody, but I kind of like the whole group idea where one player is assigned, can ask five people or four people, let's say, whatever, and only those people that one player can throw. This way people aren't picking up your, your ammunition, your live ammunition, and throwing them. This way you know, hey, these are my people, and they can line up and you can pick them up and throw them. This would give PvP in-world a brand new mission. This would make you want to go go to Stormwind and start throwing them at the city. Start throwing them at those guards. I think this could open up a whole new level to PvP. I don't see any downside to this, do you? Oh, the only other catch is you can only pick up people from your own side. If I didn't mention that already, I'll mention it here. You can't pick up the opposing faction stuff because gnomes would... It'd be genocide. They wouldn't exist anymore. Everyone would be punting gnomes. I know, it doesn't seem really fair, does it? That the Alliance would get to punt gnomes after we have waited for how long. But hey, something always must be sacrificed. And that would be it. It'd also be kind of fun to see like an undead pick up a, a, a torn. And, and hurl him like a level 70 undead warlock. Go pick up a, a level 15 tauren and, and give him a good hurl across the crossroads. I think that'd be fun. Everyone could have their own animation for when they're in throw mode and when they're flying through the air, you know, little arms and legs waving as they go. Can even give you a scream. And honestly, all the, most of these components, I think, are already in place in-game. You've seen them in other areas. This isn't out of reach. Who knows? Maybe we'll see it. I doubt it, but it would be so cool. I would like... It, it just benefits all around. I don't see a downside to this. If you have an idea that you would like to see in-game, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, 
please, let's you know, keep it clean here. Don't have any funky idea. No, not that funky. But no matter how silly you think it sounds, let us know. Send it in. We'll, we'll read it out on our show and let everyone know your dad. Because you never know. You never know who's listening and you never know who might go, hey, that's not a bad idea. Some Blizzard exec. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I cracked myself up just saying that right now. But you never know who's listening. Maybe one of you, Maybe it's another gaming. Maybe it's a little fledgling gaming company just getting off the ground. They hear your idea and go, oh, that's brilliant. And they put it in their new game. And the next thing you know, it's it's the latest hit. Puts Blizzard out of business. This game takes over and you go and play and you see your idea. Then you call a lawyer and sue him for saying, hey, that was my idea. What are you doing with that? Stealing my idea. I'm sorry. I, I got off track. There. That, that went way off where it was supposed to go. Sorry about that. But any idea. Another thing I'd like to say, and this is probably going to upset you rogues. You know what I want to see in game? I want to see a lockbox vendor where you bring your lockbox Give it to the vendor, an NPC vendor, and say, open this. And they say, okay, how much? Depending on the type of lockbox, it'll cost you one gold, two gold, however much. And if you decide to pay, fine. They go, kink, unopen it, and give it back to you. Because, I don't know, you rogues, ever since the expansion, all went on vacation. I couldn't walk through any major city before expansion without hearing one rogue, at least, saying, on top of org bank, opening lockboxes. No charge. Tips appreciated. They would be in competition for each other. Now, I don't know where y'all went. I have no idea. You all vanished. Nobody does this anymore. No one. And if you do, you, you stopped advertising. I don't understand what happened here. I also, and, and I gotta you know, complain a little about this, the rogues are the only class. I stress the word class because that's what it is. This is a class thing. This isn't a profession. This isn't something I can learn or a warlock can learn or a hunter, anyone, nobody else can learn this except the rogue. It is part of their class. And it's an intricate part of the game. As you pick up, I, I, I'll make a rogue rich beyond their wildest dreams. Because I got 12 of these sitting in my bank. These big lock boxes that I've been hanging on to because I can't bear to get rid of them. I have to know what's inside. I have to know if it's something that I can sell on the auction house or, hey, maybe even use. No rogues around to open my lock boxes. I understand the skill is a pain in the butt to level. I have had a rogue. It's a real pain in the butt to level this stupid skill. Because it only goes up five points a level. That's it. And you got to find a lockbox to practice on, to open. You have to go out to different areas, depending on your level, sit there and open the stupid box. And then you reach a point where you're almost too high for the area, but not quite yet. And it takes you know, three of these stupid boxes to find to get a point, or five, or ten. It's annoying. I, I've done it. It is really an annoying skill. Which is why, and from what I understand, most rogues don't even practice it. They don't even level it anymore because it is a pain in the butt. Which is why I think Blizzard needs to put a vendor in for it. I don't think there's anything really far-fetched about that. Put a stupid vendor in charge. If you rogues have an issue with that, hey, get back out there and start opening lockboxes again. I, I, I can't be the only one. I hear people walking around all the time saying, hey, any rogues around to open my lockbox? No other class has that. No other class can get away with that except the rogues. And he ain't doing it. Come on. Open those lockboxes. Get them open. There's stuff to be had. There's tips to be made. I always tip. I always tip well. I tip my rogues well. And my enchanters, by the way. Always tip your enchanters and your rogues for opening your lockboxes. It's just very nice to do. You have that whole enchanting. Oh, talk about a profession that, uh, if you can do it, bless you, because, oh, that's a hard one to do. But that's, uh, that's see, we're steering off. 
getting off again. Sorry. So let me know what ideas you have that you think would be really cool to see in-game. No matter what they are. Well, somewhat matter what they are. We like to keep the show clean, so nothing risque, please. Thank you. Let us know. Email us, and we'll read them out for you. We're going to go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, we're going to have a special, special surprise for you. So, enjoy. And that was King Never with Desperate, which is what the Alliance are, Desperate. We at For The Horde Radio got an interesting email, although it wasn't actually an email, it was more of a voicemail, but it wasn't quite a voicemail either. Anyway, it was a recording from someone who, they really didn't have a name, so we're just going to call them Angry Dwarf. I don't want to bias you to this. I just want you to sit back and listen to this. 
and then we'll talk about it. FTH Radio. FTH Radio, is it? Well, let's see what that could stand for. Filthy Troll Hag? Fuman Turin Heap? Fat Trashy Horror? Oh, it's for the Horde! It's for the Horde Radio. You know what's good for the Horde? A steely club smack in the head. I heard your first show. And I'm supposing it'll be too much to hope for that it'll be your last radio. Radio now, is it? Leave it to the Horde to call podcasting a radio show. It only figures. I mean, besides smelling like last month's latrine, most Horde are as dumb as a kodo with a concussion. I mean, look at you. You think you have a working brain because you face the right way when you ride your bats and lizards. But what kind of empty-headed bastard takes a pile of smelly skins and sticks and ties them together and calls that a building? And what kind of pig-faced red-eyed moron jams a bunch of plinky logs in the ground and calls that a wall? And only the horn could take that shambly pile of crap and drop it in a dirty hole in the desert and call that a city. Oh, Grimoire. That's the sound me grandpa made when he died a gut worm. It fits. Your so-called cities don't have two ways in. They have two ways out so that you can leave before you puke. And what the hell is wrong with your deed folk? Sure, they call themselves undead, but they're, they're, they're dead. Dig holes, bury them, and make them stay put. If they get bored, they can count the worms. I tell you, there's no viler sack of crap in the world than those bony, shriveling, shred-faced cadavers. And speaking of cities, when are any of you dog apes gonna tell those undeed that they don't crawl around in a city? They call it under city. It ain't no city. It's a sewer. It's a stink pit for green sludge and bodily waste. If they weren't dead already, they'd smell it, and they'd keel over like they all should, but no! They bustle about in that crap hole, selling cockroaches, and croaking out songs, and pretending to be alive. The only horde that even come close to being tolerable are the Torin. I don't know what you did to get him on your side. Maybe I promised to milk him every morning, but who cares anyway? I never get close to one without seeing it just stand there, chewing its cud, and waiting for its brain to start up again. The only fun we ever had with Torin was when I was a wee lad. Me and me friends would sneak up on him in their sleep and tip him over. I mean, they can't even sit in a chair proper. Those outer spacey drain I have hooves, too. Aye? They have hooves, but they can sit in a chair proper, and they don't smell like a flippin' petting zoo. Well, you go ahead and talk your for the horde trashy about alliance. We all know who sucks and who dinner. And if any of ye gubshite horde bastards want a face full of me boot, you can find me an iron forge. If you figured out how to make fire yet, put that in your pipe and light it. Well, what can you say about that? What can you say about that? I could think of a lot of things to say about that, actually. But you know what? I'm sure as as many horde out there are right now, standing there, jaws open in sheer astonishment 
as I was when I first heard this. In fact, I was so outraged and so muddled for a response that I had to turn that over to our special PR person. We have a PR person here at For the Horde. We don't unleash him very often. But for something like this, let's waste no further time in getting to his answer on this, shall we? Allow me to introduce. This is Court, and you're on my corner. Dear gentle listener, thank you for your remarks about For the Horde Radio. When I first heard your comments, I thought I was hearing the digestive system of a yeti passing a large stone. Then I realized it was you speaking. Allow me to address the more specific points you made about the show. Your amusing observations as to what FTH could possibly stand for left my sides hurting. They don't quite measure up to fat, thick-headedness, which I find accurately describes you. If you did, in fact, listen to the show, you would have realized that the correction was made that it was a podcast, not an actual radio show. However, such is beyond you to hear, as it would seem that having no neck leaves your shoulders nowhere to go but into the sides of your thick skull. Your remark about the aromas of the horde, I must say, were deeply felt. I find it difficult to imagine how you can smell anything but ass all day, since that is the height where your face ends up. Then again, it can be difficult to tell which end is which. Regarding the skins and sticks that you pointed out as being a pile of crap, we call an astounding building accomplishment. The Horde do not waste materials when it comes to constructing their dwellings, nor do we use the forced labor of the less fortunate races, shall we say, the gnomes, as the dwarves do to build our cities. We do not scourge the land by wasting resources and existing as the Alliance have done. And it is pronounced Orgamar. I understand this may be a difficult word to say from one who has the mental intelligence of a piece of flotsam. And therefore, we at For the Horde Radio ask that you not hurt yourself again making the attempt. I am slightly perplexed by your mention of our deed folk, if perhaps you meant to say undead, again a difficult word for the Alliance to speak, then I can assist you. It was a human paladin who made our forsaken what they are today. It is rather sad that you would condemn them for their condition, as though your race and your allegiances had absolutely nothing to do with it. You spoke not of their defiance to submit to the will of an alliance madman, but of their physical differences. A petty and shallow observation, but one that is completely expected from the alliance. I find your remark about the undercity being a sewer rather amusing, for you see it was originally the alliance capital. The Forsaken did the best they could with remodeling, but there is only so much you can do 
to get the Alliance stink out of the walls. The mention of your pranks with your friends against the Tauren were probably the most disturbing indeed. You have friends? Also, your threat of having a face full of your boot is completely uncalled for and clearly an idle threat, as it is widely known that as a dwarf, you couldn't possibly reach the face from any horde race with your boot or anything else, but none from the horde would waste their time seeking you out. You're just not that important. I must say, we are greatly encouraged by your comment that it is too much to hope for that our first episode will be our last. Thank you, because it won't be. And thank you, Court, for taking the time to answer that letter from our special listener. We hope to use you again real soon. And now it is time for... That's right, call-out time. And we have a call-out. This comes to us from Selenicia on the Mandaron server, who is a 24-level Blood Elf. And she writes that while out in Hillsbrand, she had three mobs on her. And you know, Hillsbrand could be pretty hairy out there. She had three mobs on her, and a high-level Night Elf Druid stood there watching her struggle. Didn't offer any aid. She wasn't flagged. She wasn't PvP'd. Nothing like that. She said it was a high level because it was double question marks, so we're not quite sure. We know it was at least ten levels over her. Easily could have assisted as a player assistance, but no. This Night Elf stood there and watched. Well, dim shot... On the Mandaron server, you are a scum night elf, but you probably already knew that. And you know what? Selenicia showed you. You know why? She lived. That's all the call-outs we have uh, right now, so <laughs> get those in. We don't have many. That was the one we thanked Selenicia for sending that over to us and letting us know that Dim Shot is a jerk. But now, from call-outs, we switch into... Yes, shout out time, and I have a great, great shout out for you. This comes to us from Kenny, also on the Mandarod server. Gee, (laughs) what server do you think I play on? Hmm, anyway, this comes to us from Kenny, who gives a great story, which is an inspiration to us all, and I mean that very sincerely. A player by the name of I Bring Death, who is a 57 undead rogue on the SPQR guild, has assisted her with several quests, but special recognition is going out to this player because of a very specific instance where he was assisting her with quests, and one particular was killing a level 59 elite who just happened to have two ads. Ugh, we all know how that goes. He sacrificed himself. He died. 
so she could get out of there. But that that in itself is a great story. But it goes on. It continues. Because after he died and after he came back to life, he then went and got on his level 70 warrior and helped her take down this quest target. He had already done it. He didn't have to do it. He came back in. His level 70 warrior's name is, let's see if I get this right, Pfizer. And he came back on to help her take down these quest mobs. I bring death, you rule. You are fantastic. That is a great story. And we thank Canny for sending that in to us and letting us know that I bring death is very stand-up model player in World of Warcraft. And I also have very exciting news. This this is big. This is exciting. We at For the Horde Radio got our first email. Now you may be wondering, well, what's all these shoutouts and callouts I've been hearing about? You know what those are? Those are from people that are known in game through personal or a friend of a friend type situation where you find them in game and they come and run up to you and say here oh I have a story for you they don't actually email they're, they're kind of like your family they have to listen they're kind of forced to listen because when you come after you post your podcast and you come back in and say hey did you hear the new show if they say no the next time you group with them you're going to let them die that's you know you're going to be too busy checking your nails or something no we wouldn't do that but they, they kind of they have to it's one of those things. But no, we have our first email, and this email comes to us from Arda, who says, High five for hating Alliance. And we say to you, Arda, high five right back. You got it. Thank you so much for sending that in, and we want to hear from you. We want you to send us emails and let us know you're listening and let us know your stories, your shout-outs, your call-outs, ideas. The email address is fthradio at gmail.com. Please send them in and we'll read them out for you on our show. Well, I want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode. And please come back when we air again in two weeks for spine-tingling nail-biting, riveting show of Stop it! Where am I with this? Where am I going? Hello? Think, think, think. I lost track. Train of thought here. Chew your bone! Stop with the wiggy butt! No! Okay. Take 12,000. This is easy to... La, 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 la. And that's me doing that for the umpteenth time. La, 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 la. Or, uh, as the angry dwarf would say, Grandma! <laughs> 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 That makes me laugh. The angry dwarf. Everywhere I go, it's blood elves. I mean, the place stinks with them. And night elves. Oh, sorry. Oops. <laughs> you can edit. You, you can edit that out, can't you? Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm actually getting a little sick doing this, so, yeah, let's get out of there.
Yeah. We don't want that to happen. No. I mean, I would sound like I was going to Orgrimmar. <laughs> that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> you never get tired of that. I mean, how can you? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> there we there go. You go.